Yeah. That is not true. We are unhinged. I'm going to go ahead and are, I'm going to go ahead and say 90% of the time. Also, if you are a patron of us, literally look at any patron special where we're just drunk rambling for two hours. I'm fine. I don't, I don't see a problem with the way that I express my, <laughs> my appreciation in this podcast. It's what fine. You guys, what you guys have missed is for the last like 15 minutes, us just complaining about Black Butler. <laughs> and the, in the fact that we have a lot on our hands, like both of our plates are like really full. We're sucking up all the plates. And I'm like yeah. running on three hours of sleep, but we had like a huge thing yesterday with my con yeah. we were organizing. We were removing storage facilities for eight unpaid hours, and now we're having ticket releases. I, I have a bat. I have, bat. I have a queer bat because we're going to talk yeah. about queer bait. Because um, you can't see it, but I my eye went missing, so it says queer bat on the on which the will be a design release in the top later today. Uh, my shirt says coffee and confidence because I got this from my aunt and she is indeed a 50-year-old suburban woman. Mine says doki doki. So I'm here for the... for the. We also have more shirts coming in, which is yes. really exciting. I'm so uh, excited. I'm very excited. Just that alone is like giving away what the motive is. It's like, <laughs> what could I possibly be this excited about, you ask? We will have to release in the Patreon episode. Uh, yeah. But thank you guys. Welcome to the Yowie Hello, Shelf. Hello, welcome to Grab the Yowie Shelf. And relax. Uh, we say that every time. I don't know if any of you guys are relaxed. Are you not. relaxed? Do you feel no. relaxed right now? No. No. Uh, <laughs> side note for those of us in the U.S. Um, we have a lot going on right now. I hope that this is a welcome distraction because. Uh, to say yeah, that we have a lot going on is an understatement. Yeah, you know, it's it's there's something about crawling out of the pit that is Eurovision hell and returning to the real world and seeing what's happening over overseas with you guys. I'm, I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's. And in all fairness, we're still kind of looking back over at you guys because there's a giant looming russia situation yeah that is scaring everyone but that's not what we're here to talk about we're here to talk about queer bait because we have decided that for episode nine we're just gonna pick a fight <laughs> we've been picking fights since i got on this podcast we've been fighting each other we've been fighting you guys i'm ready arguably i've been picking fights since this podcast started almost two years ago next month Yay! Can I, did you do that on purpose? Not the fight picking, but the the launching in Pride Month. Was that a an informed decision? I honestly don't remember. <laughs> like two years ago, there wasn't really like a pandemic. I don't know anymore. I think that was just when we moved from my former co-host channel to a dedicated channel because we soft launched on their channel because they had a fan base mm. um and then when we finally were like okay proof of concept accepted people want to hear us for some reason then we moved to a dedicated channel that was independent of the two of us so while i would love to say yes that's exactly how we had it planned that is not true <laughs> at least you're honest 
Yeah, I'm not gonna lie and be like, a gay pigeon hovered down and said, release ye episodes in Pride Month. No, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> uh, so, okay, yeah, yep. So, you sure it wasn't a dead dove? A. Mm. <laughs> Can I also just say, uh, my favorite thing on the internet right now is uh, people who are reading Dead Dove Do Not Eat and then complaining that it's Dead Dove Do Not Eat. You know, we talk about it so much that it's almost like we have to have a dedicated episode for, for tags. Like, just an entire well, month. I think I know what we're doing next month. <laughs> we're just... We were just talking about tags. We were going to pick another fight next month, but I think I know what we're doing next oh, month. Oh, really? Now. I mean, yeah. it's still picking a fight. We're, the, the point of the podcast is we're going to fight. Uh, so, I like fighting. It's fine. We are here to talk about queer bait. Um, unfortunately, prepared to get your feelings hurt. Because this is something that you have probably seen a lot in uh, your time on the social internet. I know both Corolla and I have probably seen it, frankly, too much. Yes. Frankly, too much. Uh, and, and it's sense. one of those... Yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those terms that, you know, feels like it's something. It sort of reminds me, and please feel free to back me up or tell me that I'm wrong, but it feels like cultural appropriation a little bit, where, like, it started off as a very neutral term, and then, frankly, cis white women got a hold of it, and ran it into the ground, and now no one really knows what it means, but it feels like a weapon? Yeah. I think that is a very, very succinct way of putting it. It's like, it's one of those things, you know, there's such a watering down of terms happening. Yes. in yes. Like, all over fandom and the world in general. And it's just yes. like, you're using this word, but I don't think you know what it means. Right. And by doing so, you're perpetuating this non-existent problem yeah um so what we're going to talk about mostly is queer bait as weapon we'll go into the history obviously and what it really means because we are both writers one of us with more success than the other um i'm fine <laughs> are you no. are you no <laughs> uh, um. so unfortunately that means that some of y'all are gonna get your feelings hurt we do this with love in hopes that when you are online that you have a better experience for it. We're not trying to burn bridges. We're not trying to pick fights like, like with the intention of being cruel. Remember, Kurola, what is my favorite thing about Yaoi fandom? I... I... That it is rooted in naval combat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna... Were you gonna say the dicks? Yes. I mean, that's... Yes. I was trying to weave <laughs> past the dicks, but, but my brain... But there's no <laughs> I have been awake <laughs> for too many hours. My brain just went to... into Like, no. I'm sorry to everyone listening. I'm even more out of it today than I usually am, because this weekend has been a lot. Okay? I'll, I'll do my best. I'm glad that my co-host, who is... I would like to say I have there. offered a no. multiplicity of times that we did not have. <laughs> You're you're also, much more competent than I am today. I think I, I am. Thank you. I appreciate. But yeah, it. naval also, combat. Yes. Sidebar: uh, I bought a pair of gender affirming underwear that you could fit a packer in. Oh no! Nice. I got packed in like over a decade 
Packers are so much more realistic now, and they have so many customizable options. What the fuck have y'all been doing with Packers? Having like, a great old time? Having a fucking wonderful time. Like, they are so much more than, like, the socks filled with rice we were sticking in front of our... You had rice area. in yours? I didn't even... <laughs> what did you fill yours with? Socks. Just just socks on socks? They're, like, balled up socks. <laughs> and then occasionally... <laughs> and then occasionally they would come out, like, your leg. <laughs> <laughs> In my um, early days, early, possibly. Early problems <laughs> when your soft dick falls out. This is a sticker. When, when your sock dick falls out. Because it's happened. I mean, it has or, happened. It happened to me. Wanders, so it's like over on your hip. Because you know, you're walking oh, all day, yeah. you're sitting all day, you're standing all day, and it like detaches from whatever loose conglomeration. <laughs> Of, you know, we didn't have packing underwear back in the day, so we're just shoving this shit directly in front of our, like, pubic mounds. And it's also funny because, like, you'll have, I don't know, maybe this is a problem that I had in my teens, where I was very small, okay? Like, my frame isn't big, so, so wearing, wearing male underwear, I mean clothes don't have gender but wearing boxer shorts that clearly didn't fit my body like obviously the socks are gonna fall out there's nothing preventing them from like just tumbling oh god it was horrible you 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 kids today really you have it so great what are we even talking about (laughs) (laughs) i'm not editing any of this out of course not this is Uh i said i was i said i was unhinged like, this yeah. is good. This is a good... I, I enjoy this, but yeah, it's... Also, it's, I apologize for the on-camera boob adjustment. Sorry about it's that. It's fine. Uh, okay, so... What is queer baiting? And to to get to the nitty-gritty, to get to the root, I'm gesturing if you're a listener only. Alright, we have listener, listener only people, right? We we have hundreds of them. I keep and we forgetting... I keep forgetting that everyone can't see us. I'm like, I know. Well, also a lot of people will throw will like throw us on in the background. A lot of people being me. Because yeah, I also do a lot. Like I never watch anyone. I just listen, and then I'm yeah, like, like, I'm a narcissistic parrot, and I'll be like sewing, like a serial killer, and like have us in the background, like a modern day Patrick Bateman. Well, at least you listen to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta keep those numbers up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like listening to us and like laughing at the same spots where we're laughing in the episode because I I honestly think we're hilarious. I don't know. I will say this: I was listening to us at the gym and I was just like, yeah, <laughs> just like, I was on my little walkies just listening to us, and I was like, we're very we're very engaging just on my little walk. <laughs> I mean, uh, whatever makes your my my walkies easier. My walkies uh, easier. So, what is queer bait? Queer bait is essentially, uh, you know, it's broken down from the two terms, queer and then baiting. Baiting as in, like, a bait and switch. Like, um, I don't know why my brain immediately goes to fishing, like, that's a universal uh, experience. But, like, when you bait a fish hook and you cast it, that was a good wrist motion. <laughs> uh, that bait is used to entice the fish. Mm-hmm. 
And from the fish's perspective, to get philosophical, that's kind of cruel. Because you're tantalizing them with something that they think that they want that will inevitably be their destruction. Yeah. For us, it's wonderful because I love fish. (laughs) (laughs) But to the fish, it's quite cruel. Um, So you see this term used a lot, and we would be remiss not to take the term back to its roots. In queer spaces... It originated in queer spaces, looking at media, seeing obvious signs, and being disappointed. I'm going to put a circle on that originating in queer spaces. So, queer bit is essentially when you're watching a show, reading a book, watching a movie, and you know, you you sense in the force that there is a gay about to happen. I love it when I sense that a gay is about to happen. Is that not exactly what it is? I mean, that's what it is. Is that, I've also been watching a lot of Star Wars, do not ask questions, but it's like, you know, you're standing there and it's like, there's a gay in the force. Like you feel it. You're, you're collecting all the signs. It's like those like memes where like, you know, it's math formulas and you're drawing connections. It's like that. You're watching, you're reading, you're taking it as like, oh, a gay is going to happen. A gay is going to happen. Oh man, a gay is really going to happen. And the gay doesn't happen. That's queer bait. Uh, We have probably all experienced it at some point in our lives. Some shows and some media are more egregious than others. And we certainly have stories about that, don't we, Corolla? I'm sure, I'm sure we do. You know? Uh, But that's what queer baiting is do you have anything to add to that definition no i think i think it's um i think that's essentially it. like you're you're capturing the important parts especially in the origins are mm-hmm. i would also be remiss to not talk about again that it starting in queer spaces means that it doesn't stay there very long because oh, god forbid the queers have anything no, because Corolla, would you like to tell uh, the listeners at home what queer baiting isn't? Because I think here's the here's the <clears throat> thing about queer bait that I think made us want to talk about this. I think we all have a pretty good idea, or we think we have a good idea of what it is. The problem is is that that idea is memeified essentially. I mean, yeah. like the actual term meme, which is like clipped out of context and perpetuated so much that it no longer resembles its original self. Yeah. Because I also did a communications theory. Um, (laughs) Yeah? Would you like to tell the listeners at home what queer bait isn't? I had a very, very succinct sentence in my mm-hmm. head let me just try to 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 kind of recall i have a succinct it. i have a, i have a succinct sentence in my head i'm sure you do you have a lot of sentences in your head oh thank you yes you're very you're very good at this no uh i mean i want to say like putting it bluntly mm-hmm. just because you don't get what you want or the representation that you envisioned that is not queer baiting because i think one of the weirdest things i see which is like 
you are trying, but then somehow you actually kind of made it worse because now you're over here. Like, say that there's a there's a character who yes. who is queer, who yes. identifies, as far as we know, to to mm -hmm. our you know knowledge mm -hmm. as queer. Somehow mm -hmm. they have a crush on someone of the same sex, or mm -hmm. you know whatever, and then they don't end up with them. Mm -hmm. That's just life. That character isn't that character isn't any less gay because they don't get a gay happy ending with the person of their dreams. And I see this a lot. It's like, yeah, but they didn't end up with so and so. So it was queer baiting all along. You like, are now erasing the identity of this character who's and only more importantly erasing that rejection happens. Yeah. Like sometimes sometimes you fall in love with someone who doesn't love you back and sometimes unfortunately uh you may fall for a straight person and as much yeah. as as much as the internet likes to hate on straight people you can't really blame people for who they're attracted to so it's kind of like yeah um so so my succinct sentence to queer bait and this is the one that i think is the biggest quote-unquote problem and we'll talk about it more is just because your ship didn't sail, that does yeah. not make it queer bait. No. And I say this as a professional fangirl. Curl yep. was a professional fangirl. I am very professional, yes. We are, we are both professional fangirls. We've been fangirling for a very long time. We know what we're doing. We have. Um, I have set up ships and hoped that they will sail into the sea. And that doesn't happen sometimes. Queer bait that does not make it. No. Um, I think especially I'd like to dig a little bit at American fans looking at American television shows where they think that a show from the CW is going to be transgressive or progressive in any way. What I don't I, what you're 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 saying that they're not because no. I'm why is it that the first show I thought about was One Tree Hill? No, I thought of One Tree <laughs> Hill because I vaguely remember that logo <laughs> in the <laughs> in the yes. corner. I think that was yes. on that channel. And they dealt uh, not necessarily greatly with... There was a bisexual, I recall, and it wasn't... Just a bisexual. They were just... And it wasn't great. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, no! My, my first example of that will always be Supernatural, especially now that it's over and we get to kick it while it's down. Um, and I mean, it, yeah. it, it really did, Supernatural really did a number on, on all of you people who who follow. Like, y'all were um, never the same ever again. None of you. PTSD noises. <laughs> uh, yeah, as someone who started Supernatural when I was in high school. I and look, and look, look what happened. <laughs> look what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Now you you have weird attachment issues to to pictures of birds and <laughs> Okay. Oh, I'm sorry I didn't mean it. I love my weird picture of birds. I love your weird bird pictures. It's fine. But it Thanks. might also be like a comfort food for, you know, the horror. I'm still not over the gay angel who gets into mega hell because he admitted that he was gay 
and the person that he confessed to literally does nothing. Just stands there, and then the next episode they move on. How do cars go to heaven? Sorry. <laughs> you know, for someone who has seen half an episode of Supernatural, that is just like... I don't even know what to say to that. Like, okay, I guess... <laughs> Carry on, my wayward son. Just <laughs> keep going. Uh, I'll just be over here. What is most emblematic to the issue of queer bait is, yeah, in a lot of ways, that felt like queer bait. Was it probably in its intention? I'm not going to give any of the writers enough credit to say so. But we'll dig into Supernatural in a little bit to go over how queer bait forms. Because I think that's the important thing about it. It's easy for us to tear it down. It's easy for us to say, oh, you didn't get your way. Stop complaining. But I think it's also important to talk about how we get there. Mm. So queer bait is not ship teasing. It is not nope. fan service. And it is not erasure of queer-coded characters. Queer-coded characters could be an entire other episode. Yeah. And 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 like I said, queer-coded characters are going to be queer whether they end up with quote-unquote the right person or the one you want them to end up with. I had and we're not going there. But I the only thing and I feel I think that this is very emblematic for what my week has been like because when the only thing that has been keeping me sane for the mm -hmm. for the entirety of this week because it has been wild. Mm -hmm. When the only thing keeping me sane is Sasunaru, which is something I've been crying about for the past 20 years of my life, I think that says a lot about my mental state at the moment because I'm just like, yeah, that's bad. But I have been plummeted into a hole of Sasunaru where I do nothing but cry about them all day because someone pointed out to me that the Valley of the End episode aired 17 years ago and I have a bit of a hard time realizing that I've been crying about this for 17 years and it still hurts. Anyway, I was ranting. <laughs> I had I was... one of those things where they mentioned like, oh, Fullmetal Alchemist originally aired like 20 years ago and I was ready to fling myself into traffic. It's like, excuse me, where did time go? Like I was, and... I was fully ready to just like fling myself into traffic when it's like, oh yeah, Fullmetal Alchemist came out like 20 years ago. And it's yeah, like... you like, yeet me into a volcano. I guess. Yeah, it's like, I'm not a good run, I guess. <laughs> Clearly, this isn't getting any better, so I might as well just, you know, jump but, uh, off a mountain. The point was that I was saying, and I'm not, you know, we all know where I stand, and we all know what is true, and we all know what is canon, and we all know that certain sequel series do not exist. Do not talk to me I about was I will say this! I will say this! Here's the thing. I am sorry for turning this into the Sasunaru podcast no, almost not. as often. No, I'm not. As it becomes the <laughs> gravitation shelf. But like, okay, the thing about Sasuke, the thing that makes least sense to me about mm -hmm. Sasuke in a way is that mm -hmm. he would still want to um, resurrect the clan after everything that happened. Because the clan sucked and everything... Mm -hmm that he believed in was a lie. Okay. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I don't understand why you're trying to resurrect the clan because like that was, th they're just bound to keep ripping each other's eyes out and betraying each other all over again. But if we sure. look aside, like if we look apart from that, if Sasuke's only like, so Sasuke has three things in his life that he's been obsessed with. He's obsessed with Naruto, he was obsessed with his brother. And then of course that, you know, 
it turned out to be not what he believed. And then he was like, I have to restore the clan. And okay, so to do that, I mean, I have already presented the idea that, you know, Naruto could do a sexy no jutsu and be pregnant. I am just saying it's, an, it's a viable option. But assuming that it isn't, I, I feel... No further comments about <laughs> going to Island. I just feel like another <laughs> but I just feel like okay but the thing is even if he chooses to have a child in order to resurrect his clan that doesn't make him any less queer you know like gay people have kids and gay people get married and live in straight relationships because society yeah. and 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 sometimes you have to do that because your because your creator uh, decided to earn more money and had to sell you out. But other times, I'm just saying. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Sasuke is gay because I mean we've all seen this show. Um, but I am saying, my brain is now dead. I'm just letting you. That's the worst part. I'm so I'm, sorry. I feel like I'm literally sitting here. Like in a peacock chair with my legs <laughs> crossed, just like please continue. Are you judging me? I was that never that for the listeners only. There's some like shady looking tea sipping on my side here, and I'm like, listen, listen are you doing? Tea. Are you so, doing this? So on Mother's Day, because I was sad, I went to the farmers market and I bought three things, which is the most single girl purchase. I bought jam. I bought two sourdough bagels, and I bought a half gallon of ginger beer. <laughs> so this is very high quality ginger <laughs> beer. Okay, fine. Bottle. I thought it was tea. And I will say this: the guy, the hipster man selling the ginger beer, was like, "Oh, we do refill <laughs> and bottle returns. If you return this bottle, you get some money back." It's like you are never seeing this bottle again. I, sir, I'm a kitchen witch. You are never. <laughs> That is so cute of you to assume that you are ever getting this bottle back. I am so glad that you assessed me incorrectly and didn't see that I'm actually 15 magpies in a coat and that you think you're getting this bottle back. I am, I'm so glad my disguise worked, that you trusted me, that you're getting this little jug back. Yeah, Bitch, no. this is mine. <laughs> You live your best magpie life. I, I, I approve of, of your The pro-brain is so strong. It's like, must keep jars. Must keep jars for little things. Put things in the jars. Like, shiny things. Shiny. Put shiny. the rocks in the jar. Like, it's, Yeah. Oh, God. But yeah, but, no, I don't know. Like, I, was, I don't know where, where that, where that ta tangent ended up. But the point is, you know, that, that characters... You know, sometimes they do things that doesn't correspond with that identity either because there's a whole, you know, they have reasons for, for whatever dumb choice or good choice they choose to, to, to commit. To commit. Yeah. Okay. To, to put a bow on what Corolla is saying because... What am I saying? I'm I sorry. I, I think I know what you're saying. Yeah, thank is you. Is that... I'm going to have some more caffeine because clearly... It's easy to see how we get here. It's easy to see why we would feel this way. But it's also in that easiness that makes queer bait 
and queerbait as a term so insidious. Yeah. Because, and we're going to talk a little bit about how we get here. It is in that that the roots of destruction start to form. So we're going to very, very briefly go into uh, how does queer bait happen or how do we get to where we are. Now, I do want to take a subsection to talk about ship teasing and fan service to take it back to Asian media and yeah. uh, especially sports anime, which loves to pretend like it's going to be queer and is never queer, except for the one time it was actually queer. And even that is something that people are... Soft. I mean, I just... We were literally talking about this before the episode. About that one. Not we. uh, Oh, I was like... No, the one. (laughs) The one. And I... No, because it's just... It's just... Like we were talking about Pom Pom Pura and being associated with Angie Yes. No, but I'm just saying that even when... Because... You know, and, and and we're not going to jump the gun here, so we're not going to talk a lot about it. But like, even when when you're given, because you know that thing, you know that thing, because you were you were talking in the introduction about how you know you the the senses are tingling. There's there's a gay happening. Yeah. But then there's... you're so used to being a fan and just like shipping things that mm-hmm. when it actually becomes canon, you're kind of confused because you're just like, wait, wait, it 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 is gay, but but then. And it almost feels wrong. Like, it almost... So, like... And this might be me projecting, so please feel free to tell me if I'm wrong and expected wrong. Uh, But, like, we're talking about Yuri on Ice if you haven't figured it out. We're not being veiled at all. We're talking about Yuri on Ice. Of course. Like, at least... At least when I was watching it, them confirming it almost just made it feel like a cop-out. It's like, wow, of course the ice skaters are gay. Like, it almost felt like that was the easiest route they could take. That the more controversial route would be to just let these characters be who they are. Which, realistically, I think without plot magic, they would not be together in the way that they are. I I just don't. I don't know. I think there's a heavy amount of plot magic that they threw in right at the end because they felt the fandom... I'm going to go somewhere with this reference, but horseshoe crabs, right? Okay. I'm going somewhere, I promise. Go on, go on. Walk your merry way with the crabs. Sideways. Actually, horseshoe crabs go this way. They can't okay. really go sideways. Okay, fine. They look, they look like helmets. Uh, oh yeah, right. Those, when, they, yeah. when they go to spawn, they like crawl onto the beach and they just like release their stuff everywhere as one does okay yeah um i say that because and this has been in my brain for the last easily 20 years i was watching a documentary on this and there was this guy and he was like watching the horseshoe crabs spawn and he was just like rolling (laughs) around in the water like in their stuff and i was just like what are you doing but i'm getting somewhere okay when you have whipped the fandom into a frenzy like that that, of course, you think you're subverting expectations, which is a big thing that writers love to do, is subvert expectations. That giving the fans what they want almost feels like a step backwards. 
at least in my opinion. No, I know I what you're saying. Much, it makes sense. I think the much more transgressive and, per, and progressive story is Yuri is probably very demisexual. <gasps> and probably has too much social anxiety to do much of anything but sexualize food. Fair. Victor is a raging whore. Fair. Also fair. <laughs> Yodio and Ultimac are fine. No notes. No, they're okay. Yeah. But, you know, no notes. They're Apart perfect. from, you know, how they're um, no. kind of Russian. And that's, you know. Okay, um, I don't think. Okay, unless Yodio is following Vladimir Putin on Instagram, I don't think that he has any opinions on this. No, no, I'm just saying, I feel I feel sad for my poor children who have to live in... Okay, anyway. <laughs> but like, Go on! Go on, I know what you're saying. More, thank you. That's all I'm getting at, is that... So sometimes we do get the fan service answer. And sometimes it feels hollow as shit. So for all of our want of this stuff, sometimes when we get it, we don't know what to do with it. Because it feels wrong. And I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this, because this is never going to be true representation. We're looking to media that is still created by mostly cis people to represent us. So when we're given this package that feels like true representation, it's capitalism. This is also true. It's marketing. So, it, yes, please. But it's such a... I feel like all I do is like repeat myself, but it, you know, it's such a tangled yeah. mess. It is. is like it is. on one hand, because you can have all of these things existing and coexisting at once, because of course it's capitalism. And yes. then it's also, you know, on one hand it's capitalism. And then on the other hand, it's a cop out because the way that they did that kiss, you know, they chose to do it in a way that would make people question it so that some people could choose to ignore it. Like you could have, because, you know, for better or worse, you can have the people who don't want it to be canon to be like, yeah, but you don't actually know. And, you know, kind of like, and, and, and Japanese media in particular does this a lot. And mm -hmm. we, I, and I'm not saying that Western media doesn't. I feel like there we've talked about this. There is an expectation in the Western fandom sphere that the creators exist for us to fulfill every single want and need that we may have. Mm hmm but and i mean that's not how it is because creators are free to do whatever they want with their characters and and in whatever way they want to do it yeah you know bullying studios into do you know okay one thing is redesigning sonic but like you can't be like oh i don't like the way that you treated my ship so i'm gonna harass you on twitter like that's a whole other level of I entitlement honestly, i would love to i i am so tempted to release some of my oc stuff just because I would love to be that creator who's just like a cat on top of the fridge. Like, why are you bullying this character? Because I can! I mean, like, you I would, can, because they're yours. I would love to be like that, like, gremlin on the top of the refrigerator. Just like, oh my god, what is that, like, meme of, like, the cat, like, angry at, like, the salad plate and the two women yelling at him? I want to <laughs> be like that with my OCs, where it's like, why do you keep bullying this OC? Because I can! Well, he's yours, you made him, you know, yeah. that's why I have Aki. Uh, but yeah, you know, no, I, no, I didn't mean that. He's, 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 he's the victim of all of my horrible, horrible whims. He's not doing very well. He's really I not. I can't he is. I, no, know, he's, I don't see why he would be. 
he's not doing well at all but yeah no uh wh where was i going with this yeah so so you know one hand yes but but also i think that japanese media in particular i mean and obviously that mm -hmm. there's a scheme there you know like they want to earn money and 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 again that is why why i personally think that typical harem series don't do well when translated into animation because mm -hmm. you're trying to fulfill all the roots so you're trying to feed all the fans but no one actually get anything because there's no conclusion and yeah like and, i'm still angry at oron yeah and you know uh, I'm having yeah okay I'm having a like a small stroke thinking about all the hard money I've suffered suffered through but <laughs> but yeah but you know but but there is much more I think there's much more of an understanding that leaving things open and just mm -hmm. like leaving the threads so that the fans themselves the fans themselves can structure and connect them and and choose essentially choose their own ending within the mm -hmm. canon and that's very popular because it's a foolproof way because everyone wins you don't yeah. do that thing where it's like yeah we have these two ships that people are fighting over and yeah. then i'm gonna let one of them down so no so like i i think that, sorry i don't mean to cut you off but like honestly what reminds me that the most of is free where one of the reasons why especially like those last couple of seasons really were kind of not always the best was because free had done a pretty good job of keeping you know the five nations at peace that you had you know, your obvious couple of pairings, and then they throw in Sosuke, and then they try to canonize Rin Haru, which is the incorrect answer. <laughs> Excuse me, you, you, you were correct, you were correct for a while there, because yes, everything was fine and perfect and dandy, and then they threw in Sosuke, and then it went and to hell, it because... <laughs> have been fine because there's your sosuke you have a perfectly good sosuke in the corner for rin to hop on first of all he's not perfectly good because he's he needs to take his destroyed you. shoulder and get out of my face he's working hard holding up the fabric of the series because all they've done is clone other characters after him okay he's this is true but i, I still hate him i know <laughs> he is literally like atlas Holding up the series because he's the last original character created. I, Everyone else is just a, a skin-swapped version of another character. I don't want to say this because I know that a lot of people love him. But, I mean, I have no problem throwing Sasuke under the bus, obviously. But, but, Ikuya, like, I don't, I don't have any particularly strong feelings for any of the characters that were introduced apart from Kiss Me. Because I love Kiss Me from the bottom of my heart. I love him. I'm I love him. I love him. He's wonderful. Anyway. I'd love to throw him under a bus. But he's perfect! That's a completely different... Okay, anyway. But yeah, but Ikuya. Because I know and I do remember vaguely the season. And you know, because these new characters had their own struggles. And like, you know, I was happy for them when they resolved their issues. But I also cannot stop thinking about Ikuya as essentially darker haired bizarro haru like that's because they just kind of he feels too he looks too much like him and it's and it's but i don't i don't dislike him i just don't have any a lot very, of the new characters just look like reskinned versions of other characters we're losing the plot but one of the reasons why free was so popular in that was because in theory you could connect as many threads as you wanted and not be wrong there was, wrong. 
Except for when you're wrong. Except for when you're wrong. <laughs> I'm looking. <laughs> Two old Fujis who refuse to change. Except for when you are incorrect. You know, you you're had... entitled to your wrong opinion. That's you are fair. also entitled to mm. your wrong opinion. Thank I you. didn't see Rin coming over and trying to make sure that Haru ate and went to school and shit like that. No, but uh, also he took him to Australia to meet his oh, other oh, family. Colony. <laughs> That's romantic. Yeah, we're gonna go speak bad English together. But you know he was impressed. Haru doesn't know any English. He doesn't know that Rin's English is horrible. Like, he doesn't that's... know that. He doesn't understand a word that's coming out of his mouth anyway. Okay, I'm just saying, just because Rin could little mermaid the fuck out of Haru doesn't mean that he's the right choice. There is a perfectly good, perfectly stable, actual husband standing right there who has been but... supporting who has been supporting that weird dolphin man for so many years and you are not going to tell me that this usurper yes usurper is going but... to just cart him off and not care about his needs not take care of him and i can assure you i can assure no. you right now that rinrin Rin and his and his pointy shark teeth took perfect care of Haru in every way possible, okay? I'm sure him and his link yeah. dick did fine. Anyway. Why? <laughs> so mean too! <laughs> oh, no. no! But, okay. <laughs> what we're getting at is, is that it was easy for us to draw the throws that we wanted to, hence why we have so strong opinions about it, is that for the longest time, neither of us were wrong. If you wanted to ship Haru with Rin, you could. If you wanted to ship Haru with Mako, you could. Both sides had threads that they could pull to make that argument make sense. True. And it being ambiguous made everyone happy, yeah. thus made merch sales happy, which is really what everyone wants is capitalism. Yeah. Now, I think it's important, as much as we've been ranting, to go over how do we get here? And I think it's exactly what you just saw. It's pulling these threads, and especially when you're talking about anime. But I will not let go our American TV shows. For no, those of carry us on. Where we have shows, honestly, the most emblematic for me will always be Sherlock. It will always be Supernatural, where there are very clear dots that you could pull, and no one would tell you that you're wrong for pulling them. This isn't like us looking at like. I'm trying to think of something that is, like, so straight that you couldn't make it gay. And I feel like there has to be examples. I feel like we wouldn't be the best at We're finding not. those because examples. That I came up with, I was like, there's a parent for that, there's a parent for that, there's a parent for that. Like, <laughs> my immediate, for whatever reason, because my, you know, I'm so rooted in gay ships that I was like, my immediate, my immediate first thought was like, try to think of a fandom that has only characters of one gender, because clearly, that's, that's how it gets get straight. That. Like, right? Like, what? I was even thinking of comics for a while, but people have been gaying up Marvel and DC for years, yeah. especially like with the recent Batman. Everyone thinks that him and the Riddler fuck a lot and hatefully. I have not seen that movie. I cannot attest to that fact. I will I've say seen though, that keep movie. On, okay, keep on creating your hateful fuck art. I like it. Also, a lot of head cannons about the Riddler being trans. I have not seen this movie. I do not know what is going on. However, uh, please continue about your merry way. Yeah. Doing what you do. Um, 
So we're not the best examples of finding something that is so straight that you can't <laughs> I feel like I can't remember the last time I saw something straight. You know what? Transformers. You can't gay Transformers. The Michael Bay movies. You can't? Mm-mm. Unless you want to do like Starscream and Megatron, which is an established pairing in the fandom. I made it gay. I feel like there's nothing that I can think of that I that cannot be made gay. No, but everything is gay somehow. Like that's there's even like that's the beauty like, of fandom. Like Star like Star Wars or something like there is nothing that I can think of that cannot be made gay. So we're not gonna think about that for a second. I'm thinking really hard and I'm just like You try hard enough, anything can be gay. The yeah. point is Let's run with one example that we, uh, that I think is one of the more well-known in this case, which is Sherlock. Uh, if you were to look at Sherlock and you were to say, some of these characters are queer-coded, you would not be wrong. I was literally just reading an article about this. Uh, about queer baiting in general using Sherlock as an example. Now, I haven't seen this Sherlock rendition. I um, uh, there was there was a passage that stated that in the third season there is an actual character writing fanfic yes. in canon about yes. Sherlock and was yeah. like... Yeah. That is true. Uh, because Stephen Moffat hates us, and he has hated us for the last ten years. I, um, I figured. I mean, I've heard this. Uh, Moffat, Moffat hates fans mostly because uh, we're the first to be like, wait a minute. Uh, but yeah, Stephen Moffat hates us. If you guys didn't know that, just embrace it. Stephen Moffat hates us. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of queer bait in Sherlock. If you were to look at Sherlock and Watson, there is a shit ton of queer bait there that wasn't there in the original books. Mostly because Watson was married. He gets married later, but then they kill off his wife and it's a whole fucking thing. Uh, you have Sherlock, who was aggressively queer-coded. You have Moriarty, who was a literal fucking drag queen. I don't know what direction they gave Andrew Scott, but whatever it is, it's <laughs> gay do crimes do the most. He's literally saying, like, he, he like, I think he kisses Sherlock on the cheek in one of the episodes. Like, just the most queer-coded. So queer-coded. But if you were to say, I ship Watson and Sherlock, you could make a compelling argument for that case. That would probably pass, you know, the flex-sealed boat test. If you were to say, I ship Moriarty and Sherlock, as far as I'm concerned, that's fucking canon. Be free. If you were to say, I ship Mycroft and that one other detective. Valid. Go and live your life. <laughs> if you want to say that Irene Adler and Watson's wife, not wife, who escaped from the Taliban, because of course she does, I would say live your best narrative. But Stephen Moffat hates us. And would never allow for such good writing. Because that would be interesting. And he simply cannot abide by that. <laughs> I don't have feelings about Sherlock at all. No, 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 you're fine. You're perfectly, perfectly... I'm not going to turn 
tantalizing feelings about Sherlock and Supernatural for the past 10 plus years of my life, I am good. Okay. I believe you. But, (laughs) you know, but exactly. But it's also, again, which, which is another ugly thing about capitalism. Because come Pride Month, we all know what happens. All the big corporations are out there like, woohoo, rainbows, and, and we support you and free love and all of that. And then they're like, yeah, but we can't actually canonize this couple because we'll lose the people who are against it. We'll lose the demographic that for whatever reason doesn't see this gay or, you know, for religious reasons. I feel like this is especially a very, very American thing because... Well- and so I'll say that for big shows like that are truly not really queer baiting, it's just bad writing. Like Supergirl comes to mind, where everyone's like, "Oh, Lena Luthor and Supergirl, they're obviously queer coded." No, they're not. That's bad writing, and everyone likes lesbians. Like that's not that's that's not queer bait. That's your ship not sailing, and that's fine. That sucks. You're entitled to be mad about that, but there was no way that the CW was going to do that. That, yes. I think for shows like the Super Who Lock triad, where you have Supernatural, Doctor Who, and Sherlock, that audience wasn't there. So I think you would be right 10 years ago. Maybe even 15 years yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. And but I, So I am generally referring to older older yeah like they feel recent in my head but yeah these shows typically that we have a lot of this discourse about are shows that aired 10 15 years ago when the world looked very different right excuse me like i would say that absolutely for supernatural i think that, that they saw that the world was changing because they could see their nielsen scores they know that their show was watched by nothing but 15-year-old girls and exhausted 20-plus-year-old women who've been doing this since they were in high school. They know, but you're right. They're still aiming at a base who would frankly be offended that their main characters are gay. You couldn't have a bisexual demon hunter or whatever the fuck they do in Supernatural anymore, even though... So I think let's play this out in an example. And I'm going to do it with Supernatural because that's where my base is. I'd also like to refer you to the episode that I did with Lovecast talking about very, very similar issues. Um, so Supernatural gives us the character of Dean Winchester, uh, whose brother is Sam. They go off doing Scooby-Doo mysteries once every week. During those Scooby-Doo mysteries once every week, Dean has admitted to knowing what a, what a specific gay bar is in a specific town makes several references to other male characters being attractive, uses gay slang more than his brother does. And then when they introduce Castiel, they are seen almost exclusively together. Dean is the one that almost exclusively is instigating Castiel's teachings about the human world, including many of the ones where Cass is learning about swearing and pleasure and stuff like that. So you're not crazy if you are watching this show and you start to think, hmm, that might be a bisexual. There are concrete examples with timestamps that you can say, huh, if I collate all this down, Dean might be bisexual. And when that doesn't go anywhere, it's very easy to feel, one, 
incredibly betrayed, and two, like you've been falsely baited. Like they set these things up for it to mean something. In film criticism and media criticism, that's called the that is called the sunk cost fallacy, where you see it a lot with shows that go on forever and you keep sinking in and sinking in because you've been here for so long. Mm. It's gonna get good, right? It has to get good. All of these checkoff guns that you've been holding on to, you've been stacking these little pieces of information for a, a third of your life now. And somehow you're still willing to believe that it's gonna happen. Right. You're holding on to all of these little pieces, these little breadcrumbs, and you've compiled them into a makeshift loaf. And then a gust of wind comes and it blows it all over. You can there see There goes how... your little house of cards. Yeah, that you've been meticulously building. And I want to say this. Many of us, for a decade or so. Corolla, how long have you been obsessing over Sasunaru? I mean, I am very bad at math, but it it's closing in on 20 years, which is terrifying. Yeah. But also, I, it's canon. Leave me alone. I mean, I was about to say, Matt Mello has been my obsession for like 15, but that's Again, also canon. canon. That's also canon. And you can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> you, will not, you will not tell me otherwise. I mean, there is a hell that I will die on, gladly. Yes. I'll go down with this ship. Like, yes. just sink me. Go on. Yes. Good luck. Yes. And I think that's the other part of it, is as fangirls especially, and Fujin in general, and I'm gonna go ahead and broaden the lens a little, at queer people desperate to find representation, that we will hold on to these breadcrumbs and yeah. we'll piece them together. And we will make sad, desperate little loaves. And then we'll present them to the series creators. And then the series creator, like, knocks it out of our hands as aggressively as they can. Um, another example that comes to mind is, like, early Marvel movies. Like, those Phase 1 Marvel movies. Where everyone was convinced that, like, Tony and Bruce Banner were aggressively queer-coded in the first Avengers movie. Which they were. And then later on, that there is aggressive queer-coding between... Uh, Captain America and Iron Man, which there is. Uh, what about Bucky? I thought... So, that's literally Civil War. Is It's a bitter divorce between yeah. Iron Man and Captain America, and Bucky's like the other woman. Yeah, because that's what it felt like. Like I'm not a big fan that's of that movie, but that, that is, is exactly what it felt yeah, like. That's literally, it's a bitter divorce between two old gays and Bucky's like the other woman. He's like the pool boy who seduced... <laughs> The other partner. <laughs> but then also there's like timey-wimey stuff in there. So it, it, it gets a little... That's a little there complicated. There's a little timey-wimey stuff there. But like, again, I can do this all day. There was a scene in one of the Avengers um, TV shows, one of the animated ones, where it's Captain America and Iron Man. And, you know, Captain America has a huge boner for Tony's dad, Howard. And like, Tony's like listening to a hologram of his dead dad, as you do. As and you do. Captain America comes in and he like wistfully looks up like Howard is that you like it looks like a Disney scene where it's like birds are flying around him, <laughs> his eyes get all big and he's like so excited to see Howard Stark 
And it's like, a queer wrote this. <laughs> that is not a straight man. Like, it's like all the curtains come down. It's like, that is not a heterosexual. <laughs> um, but that's in part how we get here. We're hard-coded for this. We yeah. are hard-coded to do this pareidolia thing where we connect patterns and we see little crumbs and we hold on to them like squirrels or chipmunks and we store nuts. And we, but we don't forget where they are. Actually. We have we never don't. forgotten. We know where never. they are. It's like, we I have, <laughs> yeah. we know every cache of nuts and we can recall them on an instant. And I then it's like, Hey, you person who wrote this, what about that split second in right. this you episode of season three? You're <laughs> one nut. You are that creature from Ice Age. Yes. <laughs> like, that is literally every Fujin. Is we are yeah. trapped. Yeah. Like, <laughs> in the comments below, give us any piece of media, and if we cannot find a pairing for it, we have failed. Because or we every, haven't seen it, but I will... Yeah, or we haven't seen it. But everything that I could think of, I was like, Star Wars, I can make that gay. Marvel, I can definitely make that gay. DC, already pretty gay, but I can make it gayer. You can always make it gayer. That was just like... I can, I can make it gayer, don't oh, worry yeah. about that. Um, but here's the thing. Why is this less than great? Um... Honestly, I think it takes up a lot of resources, and it really sets us all back. It takes away from actual queer media that is doing actual queer things, telling actual queer stories. Now, I will say that it's getting much better as more queer stories are existing and coming out. Pun intended. Pun intended. Mm. But and also, it as more queer people are allowed to co-create and write and star and and affect the media that we're seeing as well absolutely and more people are calling it out where it exists yeah. because one of the biggest places where i feel like it isn't great and that's one of the reasons i tied it to cultural appropriation earlier is it's been so diluted now mm. that i think it really has lost its meaning yeah that now anything that isn't you getting your way is queer bait which which no. isn't true like that's just not like oh disney's the lion king was queer bait because scar wasn't gay yeah and and i think i had a thought i did have a thing i did have a thought um yeah. it was just lion king you you broke me You're just like why do you have to bring scar into this of all of all because he was really queer coded he was yeah, really yeah, yeah, and and yeah, and of course that is a whole other you know hornets' nests right there, you know, with how why are so many Disney villains queer coded, and you know the whole debacle surrounding that because like why are they villains? I personally I love a good villain, so I'm just like you know be gay do crime. I yeah, feel I've like never, this is very powerful. All, <laughs> all of my favorite Disney villains are the aggressively queer coded ones, and I think that like they're usually right. Like, Gaston had good points. There is a monster in a fucking castle. He doesn't know that the monster wants to read and not be an incel. He doesn't and also, know I did read this really compelling thing on Gaston recently where someone was like, Gaston is obviously gay. 
because he knows that there's one girl in this village that he that that doesn't want him so obviously he's going to pursue her and then he's going to be all oh but she's the best and i won't stop until i have her and then he's like okay so then they will leave me alone yeah, and that one Disney movie blackballed us into thinking that they were going to do a queer thing, and they didn't. Almost like capitalism is the problem. Anyways, um, what makes this... Hi. Welcome no, to a no, we already... On this corner, where we discuss the downfall of capitalism. But it's... You know... It turns up a lot of resources, honestly. It's kind of hard to ignore it. It is. And I think especially when you talk about large companies like Disney... Where they were putting on a show of diversity when it does nothing to actually help said yeah. diversity. That it particularly feels a bit hollow. Yeah, I'm gonna throw a horror. Like, I'm sorry for saying this because we all know I do not support this person. She was a real witch all along. But I just, yeah. Okay, because if we talk about Dumbledore for a second, oh my god, I can't believe it. But it's like, but it's like I just think, and this is always—I mean, this is my personal opinion—and it's totally fair if some if people disagree with me. But Mm -hmm. I think that if you, for instance, compare Disney time and time again, saying that oh, this time we're gonna have a queer character, and then they're just like you know, in the background for half a second and they have absolutely nothing to, they don't, they don't, they don't have any effect on the plot. They don't have any purpose. They're just there and they're like, oh, look, but, but that character is gay. So it, so it counts. And, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't because you're just, this is just posing at this point while you're supporting the don't say gay bill on the outside. Like that doesn't make any sense. That's just being performative. But but if you look at Dumbledore, and again, I am now going way back in time where, you know, the world was different and we didn't know that someone was the turfiest turf on the planet because obviously, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> but yeah, I but, don't think any of us were expecting, I'm going to go ahead and argue, none of us were expecting that move. No, I was, I'm currently like face planting into... Uh, I mentioned this in the last episode, but I face planted into a lot of like history things recently. And I've been reading a lot about the witch trials in Sweden and Norway. And, mm-hmm. and I'm reading a book right now that is like dealing with the various perceptions of, of magic and, and wizardry. And, and this book was written in 2004. So the author is like continuously talking about the positive effects of Harry Potter, and I'm like, oh, the irony, because who was the witch trial? That didn't age well. But my point is, yeah. when when Rowling, because when Rowling first said that Dumbledore was gay, everyone was really happy about it. And then mm-hmm. as time progressed, and she turned into a worse and worse person, or you know, at mm-hmm. least the layers started coming undone, and we became mm-hmm. aware of how horrible mm-hmm. this person actually is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there were more and more things that were being dragged out and, and okay, but this wasn't as great, you know, and, and this is performative. But I've always felt like, and again, not excusing her because she can go die in a fire for all I care, but go die in the goblet of fire. <laughs> but but uh, Dumbledore, I think that, I think it's perfectly valid to have a character and just say, 
they're gay and you don't have to elaborate on their entire freaking life story and you it's don't true. have to be like you don't have to prove it you don't have to be like oh this is their right. first crush and this is you know all yeah. of those things because gay people exist and they have lives and like i think that sometimes that is the representation we need it's just like that that little one that little one-liner mentioning that yeah. oh yeah he had a boyfriend like, yeah he had a no. boyfriend I don't want to stop you, but I do want to hallmark on that. I think also a lot of subtlety is lost in the queer debate. Yeah. Because, yeah, I do not need to be having gay sex for you to know that I'm gay. Exactly. You can just look at me. There, exactly. is, no, <laughs> there is no part of me that reads as, as heterosexual. But I do not need to be performing gay sex on your lawn for you to know that I'm bisexual. No, that's probably a crime. I mean, bisexual or not, that's like, <laughs> don't no, do that. that. That is indeed a crime. Please continue. Yeah, but exactly. Because it's, because it's like, this is what people are like. It's like that big debate that is happening over, you know, in your country right now about how apparently it is, it is a sexual sexual harassment i'm not saying that this has anything to do with you because you're a sane person you know but you know it's sexual harassment or it's like shoving your sexuality in in the children's faces if you are a teacher who just happens to mention that oh i have a wife even though i'm a woman and then all of a sudden you know you're pushing some agenda or you're grooming them but why is it okay for your for your female teacher to say that she has a husband it's the same thing because gay people exist and if Dumbledore was gay, I mean, knowing now what we, you know, what we know now, obviously that changes the whole, that, that whole conversation. But in the beginning, when we were discussing this, I don't necessarily think that it's queer baiting because it's perfectly valid to be gay without being extremely in your face gay. And that's a lot of the problems with a lot of these, because we're in, we're, we're like invalidating a lot of experiences as well, because you know, just because you don't see that pair kissing, just because you don't see them having sex, it doesn't mean that those emotions aren't there. It doesn't awesome. mean that they're not exploring and, and experiencing those feelings. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time, and of course, this is where it gets a bit tricky because sometimes, sometimes it is left intentionally ambiguous for us to interpret it whichever way we like. And sometimes they are putting it in there for us to discover it and for us to understand it and and read into it as a queer experience and as a queer relationship even though it's not so whether they kissed you know whether victor and yudi kissed behind you know with, with their because the kiss was obs was obscured with their by their arms and then the debate has been raging it's been five years and we're still like oh but maybe they didn't kiss so what they clearly had a lot of you know, they had a lot of love for each other. And you you can't invalidate that just by saying, oh, but we didn't actually see them, you know, kissing. No, I, I can't. I can invalidate. I mean, <laughs> you can, but you know what I'm saying. It's just the point I is, hard it's exactly what you said. Yeah. You, they don't have to get dirty in the ring at the Grand Prix final for them to be gay. Like I, I actually would have. Of that. course, I wouldn't have minded, but, yeah, you know. I don't, I don't think anyone would have minded. I, th um, <laughs> I don't think anyone would have said a goddamn thing. Uh, I think, so I love where that's going. I think, let's go also into, now that you've mentioned Dumbledore, why does this keep happening? Because 
you know, there's a part of me that's almost masochistic that thinks that it's on us. It's on Fujin, that we, we are wrong. We are the problem. Why do we keep doing this to ourselves? Why do we keep being foolish enough to think that capitalism will ever allow queer people to be happy? Because we like the shiny things and we're easily swayed, at least. Well, but I also... am incredibly easily swayed. I respect that. Um, I think for me, at least, it's not so much that I'm easily swayed, it's that um. So I'm a media critic on Fangirl Nation, which might be a shock to none of you. So like reviewing movies, reviewing media, that is my bread and butter. That is what I do. And I take my job very seriously. When people, one of the biggest things I always hear, and it's a statement that to this day infuriates me, is, oh, why don't you just turn your brain off? It's like, oh, I didn't see any of that in that movie. I just enjoyed it. And I'm not saying that to be, like, gentrify-y or gross. Like, yeah, there are plenty of movies that have no deeper plot and don't need to be examined. But every piece of media is trying to sell or tell you something. It's one of the reasons why, if you look at Axis Powers Italia, Japan is entirely scapegoated, despite the fact that Hitler looked at what Japan was doing during World War II and said, calm down. Which is a true fact about World War II. When the Nazis are like, y'all are doing too much. <laughs> You've done too much. But there's a reason why in a lot of Japanese media that talks about World War II, because they have a fetish about talking about World War II, that they were just going along with their friends, and all of their friends were doing a war crime, so they did a war crime. And let's do some really, really racist depictions of China and Korea during the process. <laughs> yeah. That's trying to sell and tell you something. That is propaganda. So while it might be packaged as a fun I'm using air quotes, lighthearted comic about countries personified. It is definitely the perspective of a frankly racist Japanese man who made a racist joke with a bunch of his friends that got popular. It is always trying to tell and sell. So we keep doing this because especially as an underserved and underrepresented community be it either female poc queer all of the above we're hardwired to do that pareidolia that finding patterns and things because we are desperately seeking that reputation that yeah. representation desperate for me it was never really racial because I grew up in a racist society, as everyone has. So for me, it wasn't necessarily about race. But definitely as I got older and embraced my bisexuality, it was definitely looking for more characters that were like me. And if you look at a lot of my early characters, they're bi kings and queens. <laughs> some, of my, some of the best characters I think I've ever written are absolutely messy bisexuals. Because I also got tired of the whole, oh, every gay character is either a literal villain or a saint that floats yeah. from, on, from, from the heavens and has never done anything wrong and then dies because they're too good and too pure for this world. So they're messy by kings and queens who, yeah, get drunk, fuck someone they've never, they've never met before, 
probably regret it the next day. It's literally John Constantine. Uh, you know? <laughs> Shut up. Hmm? Me I, and my I felt it. Me and my sociopathic blondes just in a box. Fine. Uh, you know, we're desperate for that representation. We're, we're chomping at the bit for it. So anything that waves that does not like, oh, I'd like to get a midichlorian reading, you know, and also I don't want to ignore the social aspect of it because Corolla and I will do this to each other now is we'll check ourselves. It's like, is this gay? This feels gay. <laughs> like we'll check each other. And it's amazing. I love that. That's where our friendship is, is that we'll be like, you know, this always felt gay to me. Is this gay? And Corolla will be like, oh yeah, that's been gay for like 15 years. What are you talking about? But it's, you know. But it, I, I mean, a more recent example. We literally, uh, this week, finished watching Our Flag Means Death. And and I saw everyone screaming about the gay pirates, but I am used to people screaming about, you know, the gay, insert whatever, here. And I was like, okay. But then... And then that thing happened where I was like, wait, 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 wait this actually feels... And we're like sitting here, I'm like... Does this feel very gay? Is is this just me reading into because I want? And then it's like, oh no, okay, this is like okay, oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were very happy, and then we were very sad. And where the hell is season two? I have thoughts, but yeah, no, I've been exactly there. Where, oh my god, um, Sarazamai, where it's like, yeah. Oh, this is a lighthearted, dumb show about weird boys doing weird Kappa stuff. And then... Oh, no! <laughs> but, yeah, because Sarazama is such a perfect example because I love it from the bottom of my heart. Like, okay, fine. It hurt me in, in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, the, the, the hurt is like... But also, it's like, this is so gay. And then you're like, this is so gay. And then it's like, this is... This is... This is, this is actually... This is actually gay. I didn't... And now then you don't know what to do with it. Like, it's it's like, so you may have had this um, when you were a child, is when you really, really want something and you think that your parents aren't going to get it for you, and then they get it for you, and, like, you almost, like, don't know how to appreciate it. So, like, there's, a, so, like, fun fact, I'm an only child, and I was my parents, uh, and I was the firstborn out of all the grandchildren. Needless to say, I was the spoiled little prince of the family. Yep. I was absolutely- I'll do it. I was the spoiled little prince. I got everything that I ever wanted. So there are plenty of pictures of me looking at something that is objectively amazing and just not caring. Because my brain can't process that this thing I really wanted is in front of me. Or like, if I, even like to this, like if I get a gift, like if I get like a really, really nice gift from someone and I'm just like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, yeah. I, it's like, I don't know what to do with this. Like you've given me exactly what i wanted and i i'm not sure it's real and like you know you do the thing where like, you inspect yeah, 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 yeah. it like you shake it or whatever and that was <laughs> I have yeah you shake it yeah <laughs> i had jiggle physics oh <laughs> but like that was that was for the that was for the uh video portion of the audience but like you know you don't think it's real it's like oh no you couldn't give me exactly what i wanted why would you do that why why would I trust you to give and, me exactly what I wanted? And I also think, I mean, slightly related, I don't know if you do this, because I definitely do this. I don't know. I think we've talked about this before, at least off stream. But I'll be like, it's almost as if 
because I think the fandom experience is so, you know, it's so important. You know, that whole, will they, will they or won't they? And collecting your little threads and, like, doing all of your little conspiracies. And I personally really, really love the experience of just taking in a ship and just, like, even... Because there are ships that I oh, clearly, wholeheartedly think are canon and you know whatever and then there are ships and that i just will not be convinced otherwise yeah and then there are ships that i just enjoy shipping and i'm just like this is fun because i think they have fun dynamics and i think that they have like fun yeah because we did talk about this about gravitation because we have a very different experience with that because i will consume if it is if it is canon as it but this is also typical because we have to remember that even if something is manga even if something is anime even if it's gay, it's not BL unless it's BL. So, you know, Yuri on Ice, for instance, um, is not is BL. It. Thank you. I am so glad you brought that up. Is That is another huge part of it. Is like, we're looking for BL and things that aren't BL. Yeah. And I also want to hallmark on something that you mentioned. The social aspect. Yeah. Is, you know, we're all on our ships together. Some of us share a ship. Some of us are literally throwing rocks at the other one. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes no. we'll be like on the same ship, but then someone says something about a different and you have ship, to like, and you're like, completely. I'm just gonna go. Yeah, you have like, there's. I think I love that you brought up like our flag means death because like that is literally the most. When you talk about like Fujin culture as naval combat, so much of it is just like that boring inner politics of like. Yeah. They said something mean and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, and then you'll be like, you'll be like, suddenly you have someone, you share like 90% of the references in the ships or whatever, but then suddenly they have a different standing and you're like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to leave this ship for like this boat for a little moment. I'm going to go into this dinghy and just like <laughs> row myself out just away from you for a while and then you can talk about that thing and then I'll come back when you're done because we don't agree on that particular aspect but we'll be like right I, was... I think I just lost I can't hear you you can't hear me? okay now you're back okay good okay. I saw your mouth moving I was like what? I don't know what <laughs> happened no you're good but like no you're right it's like you know you can be on the same ship together and then it'd be like I don't believe in Sasu Naru, and like you turn. I believe in Naru Sasu, and it's like, is that enough to keelhaul you? Is that enough to make you walk the plank? Because I think it is, but we need to have a vote. Like we need to. We need to <laughs> yeah, like it's. I think we'd be remiss to not bring about the social aspect. So, like for me, and this is something that I've noticed a lot because, like, I have. I know I've said this a million times. I have a smut Twitter that no one else that I know follows. Like, I have zero mutuals on it. So it's really just, like, me being able to experience fandom on my own. Yeah. I've never really done. Um, so, like, a lot of what I've said recently, and I don't know if you guys have picked up on it, has been, I never saw it that way, but I can see how someone got there. Mm. That has been so much of my experience in the last couple of years has been, I didn't even know that this was an option. Yeah, exactly. Steady on, you know? <laughs> yeah, and then like, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to partake in it actively if it's not your cup no. of tea, but, like, no. you can understand it. And I think it's very interesting, you know, looking at how people perceive these different things and mm -hmm. what they find in it. Like, what gives you joy about this? Like, what, 
what aspects are drawing you to this and maybe they're not the same reasons i'm enjoying it but you know you do you like we do this a lot on this podcast because we yeah absolutely (laughs) reasons why it keeps happening is we'd be remiss to bring up the social aspect is that especially again when you go back to the old the olden days where you know we're publishing shipping manifestos we're sharing these screenshots we're talking about this stuff sometimes too much sometimes that has never happened sometimes it becomes your entire personality and you're just standing there in front of you know your whiteboard with all these dots connected and all of your friends are very annoyed with you because you won't stop talking about the thing no one has had a conversation with you that hasn't somehow turned into you, a whole ass rant about, about the weather and you somehow end up on some fictional man's puckered asshole yep like that's we've all been there it's all we've happened all been there. and you know so like again looking at this much twitter where it's like all these pairings and it's like i didn't even know that this was an option but it's like i also think and that you, yeah. i mean because i don't I think that the shipping culture in itself, I personally, like, kind of, I divide it between, oh, okay. <laughs> I divide Vi- it between, against microphone. you know, ships that are supposed to be, sh- I mean, they may or may not be canon, but mm-hmm. if you look at, for instance, again, I've said this, like, canon BL, like, how I look at gravitation, because we will we always talk about gravitation so is different than how i look at gravitation yeah but also the way i look at gravitation because that is a bl no but i was getting somewhere because that is a bl and it does have a canon couple because you know they are the main couple in this bl and then you have series like for instance naruto where again i'm pretty sure this is canon but it also has a whole other dimension because it isn't a bl and it isn't written while it has been written in a way that you can perceive it and discuss it as such it has a different dimension and so i personally don't engage as much in fandom culture of for instance established bl series or established couples because i think that the pining and the and the theorizing and the analyzation and all of these things that go into the shipping culture that really speaks to me as well so it's almost as if i become less interested in some things like you said that are canon because i'm like well this is established i don't have to dedicate my entire life to analyzing it because it's right there but Mm -hmm. so i will focus all my attention on this and i will consume all the dojins and the fanfics and the and you know everything because i'm obsessed Mm -hmm. with it and that doesn't mean that i don't love the canonical couples Mm -hmm. any less but i love them in a different way because that social aspect of being or just being on your own and enjoying a ship has a very different dimension mm-hmm. to being served canonically you know established couples and i think that that is so important because that i also feel like of course we all want our ships to be canon but they don't have to be because such a huge part of this culture is the will they or won't they is the oh mm-hmm. did you see this hint or what do you think about this and 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 like really analyzing it and that can't that is like it's just it's it's its, its own thing that can't happen if everyone always gets their way and if everything always becomes rooted in canon and in an established truth and i think that mm-hmm. that's really important to think about 
No, I completely agree with you. And I think like to tie up some of the points that you made, yeah, because so much of this is social and it is rooted in the opinions of others, like one of the reasons why, you know, when I selected Corolla to take on this show with me was because we don't agree on a lot of things. Yeah. Which means that we get to have very interesting conversations that are one, very respectful, and two, very rooted in actual fact and not just this is queer bait. Why? Yeah. And I like, think it is it's yeah. so much fun to have these discussions and be like, yeah, sure, we can get frustrated because, like, clearly you are wrong. But also, why? Like, you're making your argument. You're arguing your case. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting to hear why you think this way and how yeah. did you arrive at this conclusion? How did I arrive? And then, you know, there are things. And like you said, and I think that this is also really as we grow older in fandom and as we... <laughs> As we as, become fossilized, uh, we we as, as we have already fossilized, according to many of the youth. Yeah, clearly. Rumors, I mean, I'm dead. Yeah, the value of the end was 17 years ago. So clearly, <laughs> yeah. We, you know, honestly, we shouldn't still be here. We should have aged no. out of fandom. Uh, I'm surprised they haven't evaporated yet. Just like yeah, turned to when dust. When we turned 18, like... we should have stopped being fans. You know, we should have yeah. you know retired. We should have turned in our Fujin belt. We get, we could finally when we could finally access all the content legally. That's when you need to just throw in the towel and be like, yes. okay, I'm done here. My worker is done. No, but exactly because it's we. Of course, also because our brains are developing, and you know yep. we are learning new things about ourselves and the world, and in the world, and and there are social skills and life skills, and you know, you know, media criticism and studying literature and like taking all of these things in that we can put back into fandom, and then obviously we mature a lot, and so you are much more able to. Some be of like, us aren't straight anymore. <laughs> some of us don't know what's going on anymore but we're just here for it like i'm living my best life but but it's like you know we we are able to have these conversations on a completely different level respectfully and yes. being and making these making these connections and mm -hmm. and seeing things from a new like from a new angle and you don't have to agree with it like i've said a million times like but if you you know, if you ship those two, then, and you, and you give me the reason why you think so, and maybe I will, I will look at it and be like, oh, I never thought about it that way. Like, right, exactly. I see well, that. I don't agree, but I absolutely yeah, see how you, how exactly. you see it. And that's one thing that I've always loved about old Fujin culture is, yeah, it's like, you know what? I might not agree with anything that you said, but you have undeniably put in work. Yeah. You have published a novel size manifesto as to why you think these two characters that have never been in the same frame are married and have three children. You have clearly put in work. And yeah. I have no choice but to respect that. I want to put a bow on this uh, by asking two questions. One of them is, you know, we've done a lot of digging at queer baiting, that it's negative, that it's diluted, that we've lost the point. Why is it, though, secretly amazing? And I think it's what you guys just witnessed. It's these conversations. Mm. It's the theorizing. It's the speculation. It's that social aspect of fandom, of collecting these breadcrumbs, these little caches of nuts, <laughs> and then, you know, we collaborate. Oh, do you have this in your cache? Oh, I didn't have that. Can I see that? And maybe yeah. I can go find it, too. It's when it is not taken as seriously 
as it is sometimes. And I'm not saying that to diminish how important it is to hold our media to task. No, of course not. That is not what I'm saying at all. But when it is just a bunch of Fujins trying to make essentially a golem of nuts. <laughs> we need it's... other Fujin to help with the golem. It's a lot of work yeah. for these tiny yeah, nuts. We've, we've been working really hard on building these golems. It's not easy. We've been doing this for 20 years. Yeah, like I'm tired. Maybe I want some and help. I would love some assistance. Like you want to, you want to help me out? Yes. Yeah. And then like, I'll help oh, you with yours. You yeah, know, like, oh, you have this piece of information that is like the exact frame down to the second of when their their wrists brushed against each other. That was the piece I needed to finish my yeah. Game. And it and it's beautiful and it's so much fun and I think you know and the whole just. I, the rush of endorphins you get when you're watching yeah. something and something happens and like sometimes it doesn't have to be about where they end up in the end or who they end up with because you have that one moment that is just like yeah and you and you do it socially and as a community and you scream together you cry together you get angry at Stephen Moffat together <laughs> I mean, that one is like a huge one. That's practically, that's, yeah, that, that, that is a movement. That is, that, that, I would say that that is arguably an entire political like, party. Yeah, like things I remember the most vividly from my Tumblr era is like people hating Muffet. I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is, but like people are, <laughs> people are, that the is mob is awoken. That <laughs> like, is such a mood. Like, I don't even know who this guy is. Yeah, everyone. like, I didn't know. I wasn't everyone watching any of this stuff. I'm like, him. I don't even know who this guy is. <laughs> like, that is... For you. like, clearly he's done something because there's 10 million of... people on this site. <laughs> that like, is just that absolutely, is absolutely slamming him in the tags. That's yeah. it. You need to understand Doctor Who and Sherlock. It's that. It's wow. <laughs> I really hate this guy. I guess he did something terrible. I'm not sure <laughs> what, but apparently he's done something egregious. But it's this. It's yeah. Oh my god! It's the angst. It's the pining. It's the producing of works. Do you think I would still be writing Matt Mello if I wasn't entirely convinced? Of the canonicity of those two obviously married homosexuals? No. Do you think any of us would still be doing this if we didn't care immensely? But also going back to what I said earlier about the whole the liberty and the freedom. Yeah. Because that's also the beautiful thing about about, you know, this whole aspect is that Mm -hmm. Even if it is somehow rooted in canon and we just have to assemble the pieces ourselves. They're not Golem. Then, you know, they're not... It's still, you know, any way you want to, like, mm -hmm. any way that it comes out is sort of valid. Like, you don't have to adhere to some to some canon that was established. Like, okay, and then the author decides that they get married and, and the end and they have a happy... You know, whatever. Like, you can... You can experiment like okay maybe you want to send them to france and maybe you you know like you can do all of these things because because there's clearly something there but it's up to you mm -hmm. 
And that's part of that whole Moa experience. That's part of the whole Fujin experience to, to find those things that make you happy and put them together. And it's you, you essentially, you know, you fill that gap with whatever you want and, and you just enjoy it. And you can't do that if someone already decided that this is how it ends and this is exactly how this how this relation is supposed to work and i also want to go into the discussion about again like transformative works so one of the things if you listen to me talk about writing anyway one of the first things i say is i write for revenge i firmly believe that the author is dead not just that they're physically dead but like once you have published this work it no longer belongs to you it is now for the most part belonging to the masses i'm having a small panic attack but i'm fine i go know on. <laughs> listen, it's okay no um, i will i will elaborate but just go on but so like you know we talked about jk rowling i'm very much on that train of wow it's amazing that harry potter just popped out of the ether 30 just years manifested ago. on its just own manifested itself wow he has been irrelevant to this franchise even before she decided to reveal herself as the truest victim of all, or victim, villain, <laughs> a turf. She was dead to this series before she removed her cloak and revealed. Yeah, I mean, that is also awful. very, very true. So, one of the things that I loved most, especially about like, the Harry Potter fandom, is that we've taken that away from her decades before people would say. So, you know what? There are gay Slytherins. There are trans Hufflepuffs. There's pansexual Gryffindors. There's Jewish characters written by Jewish people and are not racist stereotypes. There are black witches and wizards that are not tokens. We took that away. Mm -hmm. And we did that. Yep. So in the place that we were not represented, we made our own. I think that's what fandom is at its best, is seeing an opportunity where we were maligned and taking it back. Yeah. You're mad about Dean Winchester not being bi? Guess what? Open up AO3. You're going to get bi now. He's very bi over there. He's having a great time. He's varying levels of great time. There's some vor involved. It's okay. On, you know, there's, whatever. Yeah, there's as a seasoning. But <laughs> we took that back. We yeah. said, okay, if you're not going to do it, if you're too much of a fucking coward, we'll do it. Yep. And we've been doing it. And That's well, how that fucking better than most of the original creators there are harry potter fanfics that read more coherently than harry potter i mean you gotta give it to fan creators like these people like no one knows more about no. anything than an obsessed fan who's I, just like putting their heart and soul into this fic and just like I can promise you, if you did like a Jeopardy style between Masashi Kishimoto and then you have me and Corolla, Kishimoto's not gonna win. I mean, clearly. We've, we've and we don't take that with like any lightness. 
He's not. He does not know more about his own series. Yeah, at this point. Like good. Good luck trying to debate me, sir. Like I'll yeah. just. I'll be over here with you with know my. Yeah. With my charts and my notes <laughs> and figure. my screenshots, and I'll be like, yeah. "Listen, what about this?" Right. Like there is. I promise you, there is no one who knows more about a creator series than its fans. No, it's true. I mean, this actually happens to me. I mean, you know, clearly not a not a huge not a huge creator over here, and like I'm not, you know, but I have written books, and people have read these books, and occasionally, mm-hmm. someone will say to me, like they'll be like, for for whatever reason, like some people seem to think that I know what happens on literally every single page. So I'll be like, oh, how far along are you? And they'll be like, I'm on page 217. As if I know what is happening on page 217. I don't know. And then someday someone comes up to me and they're like, yeah, I was just reading this bit when this character says that. I'm like, what? When? When did that happen? I'm not in okay whatever you say because the fans have a different have a very different approach and a very different relationship i have read this novel fifteen thousand times i am very tired i love these characters i have favorite scenes but you know what i never want to look at it again in my life and so you forget things sometimes i'm reading my own stuff and i'm like what what is this when did this happen this is a problem me 90% of the time. Yeah. But this is amazing because of this. What it's given us the space to do. Yeah. And that's one thing I love so much about these communities is in places where we are not represented, we make our fucking own. Oh yeah. And it's and you movie. know like what you said about cuz you know obviously I own my characters. I you love did. these boys and, and girls. There are some girls, but I love these boys. And they belong to me, but they also belong... That is like one of the nicest and worst parts about publishing a novel is that they've been mine for so long and now they're going out into the world and I'm going to share them with someone. And I know that like, I may be the one who sits with the answer key sometimes like i i know these characters i know what they're thinking a lot i love i know i know things that you will never know because i never wrote it because i couldn't fit it because the script was already too long but i also think that hearing people's theories and hearing people's ideas of how they interpreted this and how they think that this worked out i think that's very that's really interesting in my second novel it has kind of like an open ending because I honestly don't know what these characters are doing. Like it didn't, they made a mess for themselves and I, you know, they haven't been, they aren't in a place where they can clean this up. But I think it's very interesting talking to people who have read it and how, you know, they'll be like, oh, I'm, I imagine that it's like this and my head canon is that, you know, they're like this now. And I'm like, that's really nice. Like the, I, I love hearing that. Like even if I sit with some sort of, ultimate solution to how this actually ends i'm not going to take that away from you because mm-hmm. i love hearing mm-hmm. what you conjure up for them and what you want absolutely. for them absolutely i am not as famous and thus very few people I'm not know famous <laughs> look i have not published my biggest fan fiction because i am afraid you are already doing more than i ever could um but it's yeah, I don't know. But I love that that's what we do. 
Now, I want to wrap up on what is now a recurring segment of the show is, is this fetishizing gay men? This is now our regular corner. Let's just go to the regular is this fetishizing. Uh, you know what? You all, you might almost have it there. That for whatever reason, we Fujin think that gay men are more interesting. That we think that queer relationships are more complex and thus more interesting. You might almost have a nugget of truth there. Unfortunately, this is not fetishizing gay men. I mean, fortunately. Uh... I mean, yeah, no aunties listen to this show. So. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, it's weird, isn't it, that that we as some flavor of queer prefer reading queer things. And that honestly, yeah, a lot of times the queer relationships, especially the non-canon ones, are much more interesting, mostly because of the implications of that relationship. Can you imagine how difficult it must be for Iron Man and Captain America to maintain a homosexual relationship in the roles that they're in? I mean, maybe that if is Doctor, if Doctor yes. Strange chipped in and like threw them into like a here's your secret hiding place in another dimension. But yeah, yeah. Like that to me is infinitely more interesting than whatever the fuck Gwyneth Paltrow is doing. I will never understand that character, and I know that I don't like Marvel and I don't care, but I'm just like, what? What? She's better, better in the comics. It's okay. Um, she was better in the comics. Like most of the depictions on screen, they're better in the comics. Like, how much more transgressive and progressive is it that? Maybe Thor and Loki have some very conflicting feelings about each other. Because they kind of hate each other, but they also kind of don't. How much more interesting is it than another story about attractive white people being in attractive white people straight relationships? But also, just from a, from a Nordic perspective... <laughs> Um, we, don't, we, don't, we don't get to we don't get to get the Nordic perspective very often, so I appreciate this. I'm just like whenever people are like saying anything about Loki, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I get. Do you? Do I'm not you even know. Like, honestly, I'm not even a part of that culture or religion, and it frankly upsets me as well. So it's insane. I love when people are like. Oh, breaking Loki is pansexual. I'm like, my good person. First of all, there isn't a thing like you think Zeus is bad. Loki, Loki has had relations with everything and everyone. He transformed into a female horse to distract another horse so someone could build a fence and then gave birth to a eight-legged horse and is its mother. Like, and now you're gonna be like, oh, look, it's shocking that he's pansexual. I'm like, I'm not, you know, we don't really believe in these gods anymore, but we're over here like, yeah, no, I, I love that because I, is... <laughs> I'm not Norse pagan in any way, but I've always been that kind of person as well. Uh, 
So, is this fetishizing gay men? Uh, no. 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 Sorry. And you know what? Honestly, that probably deserves its own conversation with people who are much more intelligent than either of us combined. Uh, I would love to have Dr. Thomas Budnett talk about this. If you're listening, sir, please. Sir. Sir, please. Doctor, sir, please. (laughs) Casual simping. (laughs) It's okay. Casual simping. It's important. Doctor, sir, please. Have you have you appreciated your local BL scholar today? Because honestly, I appreciate you every day. I was talking. About, okay, <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm you, yeah. Very every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? The genderless void. <laughs> I love that because yeah, I do literally every day. Um, true. Though, all right. True. I had a wonderful time talking yeah. about queer baby. It has been nearly two hours, and we are both exhausted and no longer know what we're doing. So I'm so fucking tired. I'm so tired. This is where we thank our patrons. We are dangerously close to ten, which screams. Uh, thank you to Carme, Jay, Lauren, Jamie, Weasley, Rin, and Nabila uh, for donating to the show. We literally could not do this without you, and we so much appreciate it. Be on the lookout for your bonus episode. Yeah. And this is, I, I love it. I love it so much. Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. Uh, hopefully we get enough patrons where I get to make one of those like cool, like ending screens where like everyone like filters down. Yeah. Uh, but thank you guys so much. Uh, if you'd thank like you so to much. join them and get some very, very cool exclusive merch, have some input on how the show goes and as well as get bonus episodes and bonus features. Unhinged bonus episodes very entertaining but absolutely unhinged you may do so at patreon.com slash the owie shelf uh we appreciate you so much um we will be back next month which is going to be jam and packed (laughs) i need a vacation in advance uh corolla would you like to tell the listeners just some of what we have planned for next month (laughs) I feel like my brain capacity isn't able to pers- process all the things, but first of all, important, next month is June. June is is Pride Month, it's Anniversary Month, it yeah. is it is FujoCon Month, and we're going to yeah. be at FujoCon yep. twice. Presenting two <laughs> panels for FujoCon. Yes. Two. Because we don't know what we're doing with our lives. Uh, I know what. We're appreciating the gay. What more yeah, do you want from me? That's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, so June's going to be insane. We're also... Corolla, I'm going to give you an option. Do you want to do fetishizing gay men or tags? I feel like one picks an aggressive fight and one is just us being old and nostalgic. What if we did... I'm just throwing out a suggestion. What if we sandwich the tags between the queer baiting and the fetish? Is I can't even fetishization. fetishization after yeah, that. thank you. I if love just, that. Okay, because then because I feel like again there's there's this nice continuity with with the whole. Yes, I they do bleed like into this. each other. Yeah, I do like this theme story. Also, we will be talking about tags in general. If there is ever a specific tag you'd like for us to talk about, like, like I really by dragon think- fucking. <laughs> yes. I was also thinking dead death do not eat. 
Yeah, but I feel like that honestly could be an entire episode. It's just dead, dumb, do not eat. I feel like that would be like Amanda talking a lot because I don't have a lot of personal experience with this one. So it's like solo leveling with Amanda. <laughs> free, free, free basing with Amanda. I'm just surrounded by dead doves. I read so much dead dove do not eat. And I have like that moment initially of like, huh, this is indeed a dead dove. Never enough to say something mean to the creator. Because you're, you know, like I've been saying, because I read relatively sane human being. Because I read the thing that says dead dove do not eat, and then I'm presented with a dead dove. Shocking! Shocking! It's almost, it's almost as if you were warned. It's almost like, wow. you know what? gonna do a combination of uh, tags and trigger warnings there yeah please do leave your favorite or least favorite or most traumatizing tags in the is that allowed on youtube yeah yeah hopefully um, they won't be filtered out <laughs> yeah and we'll definitely talk about them um thank you guys so much for listening to us thank ramble you. on for almost two hours uh your hosts are exhausted and uh we're gonna go find food now yeah good good idea sounds like yeah. a plan yeah, yeah. You guys so much for being here thank uh, you we'll see you, uh next week for our live woohoo yes bye bye